0: You're listening to Don's Cast, an unofficial fan podcast about the greatest Australian football team, the Essendon Bombers. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nick. Well, I've got to say firstly, thank you to our listeners. I can say that now because we actually have a few. Uh, We've had our greatest uh, amount of downloads in the week, so thank you if uh, you're one of those. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah, and thanks for mine as well. Um, Obviously, you've uh, suffered through us with some uh, audio issues, but uh, no, thanks for sticking fat with us and hopefully we'll continue to improve as we go along
0: exactly and mate the bombers have made their way up to the gold coast for the next match against the kangaroos
1: yeah absolutely and it's good to see some uh, some videos coming out from the club so you know raz showing the, the the club rooms and the hotels they're sort of staying at at the moment where they're training uh there was a video from truck and then Woosher as well and everyone actually looks pretty upbeat so Really hoping that flows through to the game. And I saw Scooter from our Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast. He um, sort of mentioned a few quotes, like from Dylan Shield, Dyson Heppel, those sorts of guys, uh, just talking really positively about their experience up there. So I'm really hoping that uh, positive frame of mind flows onto the game and the boys just come out firing against the ruse on Saturday night.
0: Yeah, it'd be fantastic if... Uh... You know we can get that fourth win for the season. Uh, to go four and one would be fantastic. And uh, North have got a few key players out, haven't they?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know we saw Ben Cunnington got injured. So you know, poor bloke. Hopefully gets well soon. But I'm um, obviously a positive for us that he's a definitely a tough taskmaster in the in the midfield there. And Marley Williams. So he's omitted. Um, so it looks like he was a bit down on form, but. He can be quite a damaging player for them off the halfback. Um, And then, you know, obviously um, a young bloke, Tristan Zeri. I don't know if that's how you say his name, so he's been dropped as well. Um, So, um, yeah, I mean, they're missing quite a few players. Uh, They still have quite a bit of talent on the field, but you'd hope this is a game we would pencil in to to knock over the ruse, And, uh, yeah, as you said, get that fourth win.
0: Yeah, well, I did hear there's some doubts on Sean Higgins as well. So um, he's obviously been named. But if he was to be a laid out also, uh, that would be definitely putting it our way. But as we know in the past, especially when we played time, sides like Carlton and so forth, it doesn't matter who's on the field. If there's that want to beat each other like North and Essendon have, uh, whichever 22 runs out there, they're going to do everything they can to win the game. So we've been, uh, I saw Raz showing us around Southport. And uh, Southport's one of the biggest clubs up in Queensland. Uh, I think at one stage, back in, even in the 90s, I think they were registered as the first footy club to have a 100,000 membership. Jeez. Now when I say that, <laughs> that was mainly because you had to be a member to dine there. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but they were recognised as the first club. To have 100,000 members, so pretty good effort by Southport Sharks.
1: Yeah, and you saw when Raz was showing everyone around the club, they've obviously had quite a few really good players come out of that club, so uh, yeah, definitely looks like we're among good company there.
0: Yeah, so why don't we get into the side? Um There's been a one omission that I didn't expect. Uh, I'll let you read out the side first and we'll discuss after it. Yeah,
1: beautiful, so... Um, so the ins we've got Connor McKenna and Zach Merritt. And going out, so Jakey Stringer, so he's got that uh, syndesmosis injury, so his ankle. And Mason Redmond's the, the out. Um, so we'll talk about him later, but if we look at this named side, so from the backs, we've got Hurley, Hooker and Gleeson. Off the halfback, we've got Saad, Ridley and Connor McKenna. So it'll be great to see him back there. The centres we've got Ham, McGrath, and Langford. The half forwards we've got Parish, Laverde, and Fantasia. It's actually good to see Lav get another run at it. Uh, the forward line we've got McDonald, and Woody, McKernan, and Townsend, with the followers Phillips, Smith, and Sheil. And off the bench we've got Zaharakis, Snelling, Merritt, Mitch Hibbard. With the emergencies, Tom Bellchambers, Josh Begley, Aaron Francis and Ned Carl.
0: Yeah, so uh, we've read him out. I I don't think any of us uh, foreseen that. But um, I guess the big thing, he wasn't named as an emergency. So that probably leads to maybe he's maybe carrying a soft tissue injury or perhaps he just uh, needs a rest to freshen up. Because he has been a little down on his numbers from last year. Yeah,
1: I mean... Like, he was held off uh, through one of the games uh, due to soreness and the training, in fact, um, over that uh, extended break in the mid-season we had there. So, and even the way he's been moving, he definitely hasn't moved as freely as we've seen him before um, and didn't have that sort of burst run and his, his kicking ability that he's shown previously. So I think it does look like that. I don't think it's a form thing Um because if it was just form, we'd probably keep playing him because we know how damaging he can be. So I feel it's a it's a management thing, the soreness. Um, so hopefully he's able to rest up and get well again, because we know how good he can be off the half back for it. But uh, in saying that, obviously with Redman out, that gives Gleeson another shot at trying to cement his spot in the side, uh, because we know he can be a really classy player. So he'll uh, no doubt be trying to take his opportunity with both hands.
0: Yeah, and we're kind of coming back into the side. It'd be fantastic to have that extra bit of run. It'd be interesting to see where he plays because obviously we heard over the summer that he was hoping to play more of a forward role. Uh, obviously, John Warswell has been pretty strong that he wants kind of to be. Well, he still thinks he plays his best football from the back line, and he's not convinced yet that. Um, McKenna can add the same bite up forward as he provides down back. So um, I'll be very interested in this game, where McKenna plays. If he solely played as a halfback flanker, I would imagine uh, Walsfold's got through to uh, Ke- Connor and basically just said, hey, this is your best spot. We can discuss forward line maybe later in your career, but at the moment, uh, your best football's down back and that's where you're going to be playing.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting though, because obviously Fantasia was playing off the half back to try and get some running to him, to uh, maybe be able to read the ball and impact the game when he wasn't, uh, reading it probably quite so well as he has previously. So I sort of wonder whether if Connor McKenna does start down back, he might even have the opportunity to chop out with Fantasia, whether they um, switch ends of the ground or Opportunity to play half forward, half back. You know, if if Fantasia isn't reading the ball that well off the half forward line, maybe he does go straight back to the half back and we say, Connor, do your worst. Uh, I personally think he could be really damaging for us on a wing, maybe not forward line so much. I think a wing would suit him really well. But um, look, it's just great to see him back in the side and really excited to see what he's going to put out there for us.
0: Yeah, well, I thought uh, with the Fantasia decision to play him down back, when you look at it, both nights he played, they were quite wet nights. So they probably weren't suited for a small forward to get into the game. You know, with would be such a lean body. Um, so I thought maybe the club was protecting him a bit just so that there was no expectation for him to kick his two or three goals a game. But I think being up in Queensland, he might actually be thrown forward more knowing how damaging he can be so that's the other interesting part and what do they do with David Zarakis? do they try and you know with Redmond out I just hope we're not going to play too many blokes down back trying to get him into form because um, you know with uh, Zarakas really struggling to find a ball at the moment um, I just hope we're not going to cater for all these players uh, down back when they're not really uh, suited there for so um, I I just hope the club's you know mindful of that because at the end of the day you want the ball going forward rather than looking after who's going to get the stats down back.
1: Yeah, it's a good call that he's very lucky to keep his spot. But I mean, I think everyone picked it. He's part of the leadership group, so he wasn't going to get dropped. Bit disappointing, but you know, you never know he might prove us all wrong. The thing I found really interesting from listening to Woosh's conference, James was. He indicated that uh, Hooker might go forward. I sort of—I wonder if that's just playing games. I'm not sure if we will chuck him up forward, but uh, obviously with Stringer not there, not a whole lot of marking targets. So we got Sean McKernan. Probably the next one down would be Lav, or maybe a Townsend. What do you reckon, James? Do you see him playing? Hooker, forward or back?
0: Yeah, I think uh, it'll be Hooker down back because uh, we all know how strong Ben Brown is up forward. Um, you know, Hurley um, is probably the other option who could play on a, a Ben Brown, but I think Hooker is probably a little bit more suited in terms of his height and his spoiling ability. Um, and I think uh, Hurley will pick up like a mid-range tall rather than... Um, than going to the main man in Ben Brown. But uh, it's certainly an option for us to explore. And, yeah, you know, the club held back and didn't select uh, Aaron Francis this week. So, to me, that kind of limits your backline options. Um, down back, you know, you've really got Hurley and Hooker. Um, and, yeah, you know, obviously no Ambrose. He's out injured. Uh, Francis uh, no, not selected. So... When you think of Ben Brown, you have to play a fairly strong backman on him because, you know, he can be a damaging forward. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'd agree with that. Yeah. So do you want to read out the North side? Because, you know, uh, North are a, have a lot of players that aren't really household names. So if you want to read them out, um, and we'll talk about them after this break. Beauty. So um, North from the back line, so they've got
1: Jamie McMillan, Robbie Tarrant, Sean Attlee. From the halfback, you've got Jasper Pittard, Josh Walker, Kyron Hayden. From the centres, you've got Jared Polek, Jai Simpkin, and Trent Dumont. For half forward line, you've got Sean Higgins, well, at this stage, Cameron Zerhar, and Bailey Scott. The forward line is Taryn Thomas, Ben Brown, and Curtis Taylor, with followers Goldstein, Luke McDonald, and Jed Anderson. And off the bench, they've got Paul Ahern, Jack Mahoney, Tom Campbell, and Aaron Hall. With emergencies, Marley Williams, Aidan Bonner, Ben Mackay, and Tristan Zeri.
0: Yeah, so again, like, they've also got some really good players. And I think Jai Simpkin is a really promising up-and-coming player. Uh, he'd be one that we have to um, have to watch because he can be quite damaging. He's uh, Although he's quite young, he... He certainly knows how to find a pill and, you know, he's, he's known to kick a goal here and there as well. So uh, we have to pay him some respect. But, um, yeah, when you read out that team, again, you know, matches aren't played on paper. But, you know, we really should dominate this game. I, I really hope we are um, seeing it like that. And we do know that um, Reece Shaw will have his boys fired up because... Well, they don't even mention us by name, apparently. We're the Voldemores of North Melbourne, so... Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, they, they reckon they mention us by name, so if that's the way they uh, want to play it, I hope uh, we treat them with the same respect as they gave us.
1: Oh, look, the Tin Rattlers are always going to do that, mate. So, uh, But, I mean, you, you look through this, and they do have some players that, when they're on, can play really important roles for them. So Jed Anderson... Uh, we know around the midfield can accumulate a lot of the ball. Um, Cameron Zerhar, when he's on, he can be a bit of a bull. Um, I remember uh, Cameron, if it was last year's game, I think he kicked a few or at least looked very
0: threatening. So we can't let him get his tail up. I was just about to say, he also um, was the guy who smashed into Hurley's shoulder and yeah, and that, that led him to miss, uh, was it the rest of the season? Did he, did he come back? I Think he was done. He
1: came did he come back for that final? Um but yeah. in any case he, he wasn't the same. He um didn't have any strength in that in that shoulder, so really done him a number there. So you know, I sort of hope the boys get into him early. Don't let him get his tail up. Uh, as you said that Josh Simpkin he's he's really uh, developing as a as a good young player of the game. And one for mine like Jared Polek so he's, he's got a damaging left foot kick. Uh, if he gets his run on, he can cut the lines and uh, can be quite an important link-up player for, for North. And obviously Ben Brown, he's uh, you know old sideshow Bob. He uh, you know, can be quite damaging for him. He's almost ripped our hearts out a couple of times just with that you know, long run-up and uh, goal-kicking ability. Uh, And then with exciting players like Taron Thomas and Curtis Taylor, like those blokes don't mind trying to take a grab. So I think it's definitely a game we can't take lightly. So uh, really looking forward to the boys uh, being on song from the first bounce and hoping they keep up that manic tackling pressure that they took into the Collingwood
0: game. Well, a big in for us. Obviously, we mentioned Connor, but uh, Zach Merritt's a huge in for us and... You know, you think that gives um, Dylan Shields and Andy McGrath a lot of backup, because as I said, sides can't tag everyone, so you would hope at least a couple of those get off the leash, and we know how Dylan Shields has been going this year, I think he's up there in the clearances for the whole competition, uh, he's had a great start to the year, um, but yeah, you know, if they target too much on Dylan, a player like Zach Merritt can really cut you up. Yeah,
1: absolutely, that's... That's really the good thing with our midfield now. Like previously, you know, Zach Merritt was was our number one midfielder, and there, there'd be Zach Merritt, and then Daylight, and then the next blokes coming in. Whereas now, as you said, so we've got Dylan Scheel, we've got Andy McGrath to come in, uh, Darcy Parrish. Well, he's not getting his opportunity yet, but uh, he's a good midfielder if we need him. So if you try and lock down on one or someone's going to get out and, and hurt, yeah. So, even blokes like Devon Smith can run through the midfield and uh, rack up a bit of the ball. So, it'll be, um, yeah, really good contest to see where we're at because you know we were down against Carlton, we're up against Collingwood. We need to stay up and keep that manic pressure and um, just make sure we give our guys the best opportunity to to bring the ball forward. Um, So I'm really, really happy to see Andrew Phillips get another crack. Uh, I would have been really disappointed if he got dropped after the effort he put in against Collingwood. I thought he was fantastic. So, yeah, really looking forward to him going up against Goldstein.
0: Should be a ripping
1: contest. And, yeah, looking forward to him, uh, you know, really ripping in all game.
0: Yeah, well, another player that um, I thought the Bombers might have uh, selected this week um, And they must be confident in Laverde and McKernan being their uh, forward targets because I thought James Stewart, uh, if he was fit and match ready, would have been a good option because, as I said, w- with the selection that we've done of their back line, um, it doesn't really lead to Hooker going forward. So uh, you're relying a lot on Laverde and McKernan and, um, yes, they can have great games on their day, but... You know, on current form or current um, data, we haven't seen these guys continually lead our forward line, if you know what I mean. So yeah, that's where I think our smalls are going to be really important. In you know, Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody, Horatio Fantasia, if he goes forward. Uh, these players like Townsend, we're going to need a few goals out of them because, uh, you yeah, know, we saw Will Snelling really improve last week. Uh, he might be another one that, Might have to chip in some firepower because, as I said, uh, I've got my concerns up forward. I think that's our weakest line. And, um, yeah, I just hope the club's planning for what happens if Laverde and McKernan can't get into the game. Yeah, and it's really interesting too because obviously last week was a wet-weather game. So
1: when the ball is up, you know, not everyone's going to be able to take the grab, which actually fell into our favour because our, our smalls were able to you know, pick up that footy and get involved in the game a bit more. Obviously with the warmer weather up on the Gold Coast there, they'll, um you know, like it'll be obviously a dry dry footy. So I'm really hoping, uh, you know, even if Smack and Lav aren't taking clunks, they just bring that ball to ground to make sure our Smalls, you know, are able to crumb and, and do what they do best around goal. And I think that'll be the really interesting one because if they can't get into the game, we're really opening ourselves up, and I don't want to see what happened against Carlton, where we bombed into our forward line, and you know Carlton just take, kept taking mark after mark after mark. You know, if Robbie Tarrant was doing that all game, I reckon I'd, you know, pull my hair out, kind of thing. So I'm really hoping we're smart with the footy and uh, give our forwards the best opportunity.
0: Yeah, well just reading out those emergencies again, mate, it, I think, uh, bell chambers. So like, I don't know. Yeah. I always look for if there could be a late change and you wouldn't think Phillips is injured. And I don't think we'll go to Ruckman, but I noticed North Melbourne have, they've played, uh, Campbell and, uh, oh, gold So, um, that might be an area we can exploit them because we've already spoken about Ben Brown. They're quite tall up there. Um, I know Tom Campbell can play uh, down back um, as a centre-half back, but again, uh, with Robbie Tarrant probably taking McKernan, you'd think. Um, I wouldn't think, you know, it's a, that might be a late change for them, you know what I mean? Like, they might be seeing if we're going to play two Ruckman, maybe they feel like we'll play Bell Chambers as well. But, um, yeah, the other ones that were named was Francis, so he could be a late in. And the other two were... Josh Begley and Ned Carl. Yeah, well, we haven't heard Begley's name for a long time, so... And uh, Ned Carl did look good on the highlights of last week, but, again, um, it, yeah, I wouldn't think that change would happen. So, yeah, like, the players, we'll assume, will be going in and selected. So, um, again, we're, we're resting our forward hopes, or key position at least, On Laverde and McKernan. So it's going to be very important, the ball use going inside 50. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, let's have a break. And when we come back, we'll go through our Remember When segment. And when's your game from, mate? Yeah,
1: mate, I'm going right back to the comeback game of round 16,
0: 2001. How about yourself, James? Yeah, I'm going a different track. I'm going round one of 2012. So we'll discuss those games after the break. (laughs) You're listening to Don's Cast. And our Remember When segment this week, Uh, we go to Nick always first, and you're bringing up the comeback match, mate. I'm interested to hear your, uh, your reading of this game.
1: Yeah, mate, I couldn't go past this game, so I thought I'd get in early and snag it off you. I'm sure you were probably thinking along the same line. So um, look, round 16, 2001. So if we think back the context of that match, so obviously we were the all-conquering Premiers in 2000, and we're still riding pretty high in 2001. So we were on top of the ladder in round 15, winning 13 games up to that point with losses only to Carlton in Round 3 and Brisbane in Round 10. North, by comparison, were ninth, so one of five teams that had won eight games at that point of the season, and they were striving to stay in contention for the finals. So the stage was set for a big contest in Round 16, and it didn't disappoint. Going into the game, so Shannon Grant got the Kangas going early, roving a ball off a ruck contest in their forward 50 and kicking a classy snap through the big sticks. We squared the ledgers, though. Soon after, when Solly hit Lloyd on the lead, who then dobbed our first goal. Then we got smashed for the rest of the quarter. To be quite honest with you, North just went berserk. The you know, with two goals, you know, with goals to Rawling, Rawlings, um, two each to Pickett, Sinclair, Harvey, and four to Rocker. That had the Ruse ten goals up. With our only other goal. A bomb from Heffernan earlier on in the quarter. But we didn't drop our bundle. And Jason Johnson got us going early in the second with a booming kick to Lloyd, who got his second of the game. Corey McKernan then took a huge grab down the other end and kicked true. So when Shannon Grant piling on another, they stretched their lead to 69 points in the second quarter. Jason Johnson then got a goal back for us and it just seemed we weren't going to die wondering that day. When Heard took a grab and got crunched, but then got up and played on to kick a goal, the crowd started to sense we just weren't going to go away. Heard was again involved in the next goal, taking a grab and handballing to Carousella in the one motion, just poetry there, so he then hit Lloyd 20 metres out to kick his third. Then Moorcroft beelined the ball in front of Pickett and, geez, he must have had a wheelbarrow to carry his balls around that day. Um, and Moorcroft got it again to Lloyd, who took the grab and kicked his fourth. That cut the lead to 45 points. And remember, at that stage, so he was, he was battling a bit in terms of uh, injury. So he had those massive pads on his legs, if you remember, Jane. So like, I reckon it was a massive effort to compete as hard as he did and also to kick straight. And when Jason Johnson delivered it to him again to kick his fifth goal, we seemed to be really charging hard, kicking five straight against the ruse. Then Carosella kicked the next goal. The lead to north was just 33 points, and Dennis Pagan was starting to look a bit nervous. Lloyd then slotted his sixth after taking a worm burner from Barnard, and with the crowd really getting into full voice, it seemed anything was possible. And it definitely seemed that way when Mark Bolton kicked one from 40 out on the run. Then, Jason Johnson took a couple of bounces through the middle of the ground and pumped one from 50 to kick our ninth straight goal. And like at that stage, the roar of the crowd was just huge. We'd cut the lead to just 15 points after trailing by 69, and the Roos looked stunned. But then they kicked into gear with a goal to Teague, uh, to go into the half 21 points up. So at the at the halfway mark it was 16 goals 197 to our 12 goals 476. So going into the second half Danny Jacobs kicked our first and the third and then Lloyd kicked his seventh before North got the next two their way. Lloyd then kicked his eighth to keep us in touch but when Sinclair kicked his third North started to get clip uh, get lippy again. But then Jason Johnson crashed through a would-be tackler to kick another goal before Mark Johnson then got into the action, slotted one to cut the lead to just seven points. And that was cut again to just one point when Corey McGrath snapped one through. McKernan then got one back for North, but then Hurd got a free kick at the top of the square and slotted it, and the crowd were out of their seats. When Harris got one for North... Followed by one to Pickett, who should have been pinked for holding the ball, mind you. North led by 14 points going into the last quarter. So that last last quarter, so Ramanowskis got our first of the fourth, but then a massive torp by Boomer Harvey got North's lead out to 10 points again. Then when JJ took a tackler, uh, took on a tackler and took a couple of bounces and slotted through another goal. The crowd started going nuts and lifted again when Moorcroft kicked a goal to have Essendon in front for the first time in the game. It was 146-145 to 145 our way. Then there was an awesome bit of play out of the back line with Barnard passing to Hurd who kicked it long to Lloyd, handballing to Carousella, who kicked it to McCurry who handballed to a fast-moving Corey McGrath who then slotted it beautifully and that had the ground pumping. Carousella then kicked our next goal and it looked like we may have been home. And when Moorcroft stretched our lead to 19, all the Bomber fans were on their feet. McKernan kicked next two, though, and it was back to a six-point game with just two minutes to go. But then Hurd got a snap into our 50, which was picked up by Carosella, who strolled in to kick the sealer, and the Bombers had climbed Everest to make the biggest comeback of all time, winning 27 goals, 9-171, to the Roos 25 goals, nine 159. Johnny Barnes at the stage. So
2: Gary Moorcroft, what a year he's had, and what a wow. kick that is under pressure. Essendon are in front. 69 points down they were. Nine minutes into the second quarter. 69 points where. They need a mark, Sav couldn't get it, quick kick went nowhere, Shannon Motlock just couldn't get the ball to boot in any sizeable fashion, and now Barnard on the rebound, gives it to Hurd, who gives it into the middle of the ground, looking for the man who's kicked nine, Matty Lloyd, keep it moving, Carasella, dribbling kick, McCurry, brilliant stuff, Corey McGrath passes it for Alessio, it doesn't matter, he didn't touch it. Playing up in the middle of the ground, he's still playing as a forward. They've all pushed up, it's on 50. Alessio tried to knock it centrally. Carasella got himself clear, got himself steady. The post is wobbling, the ball's gone on the inside. The bombers are flying again. Blake Car- Looks excellent. and the kangaroos have got to try and invent something to get back. A contest that they led by 69 points, but still, they come the dogs. Carousella Moorcroft bent so important. He's killed oh. another one. Can you believe that? So Johnson will kick it to the boundary line or close to it. Lloyd, the target, heard around okay. the line. It goes Moorcroft, let it go by Carousella. It's all over now. Oh. 32 and a half minutes gone in the final term and gets it for an amazing roar from the Bomber Faithful and the siren sounds. Yes, emotion I think will be the word from everyone involved. It's been an amazing day. They started off absolutely brilliantly, the Kangaroos but the Bombers are such a champion team. They're trying hard. The clock is counting and the game is over. One of the best ever Over more than years of football. And Kevin Sheedy has brought his team back from where no team has come back before.
1: And looking back on that awesome game, James, there were so many players that stood up. But for mine, even though Lloyd kicked nine goals straight, Jason Johnson just stood out to me as the best player of the match. You know, he kicked four goals, had 31 possessions. Four tackles, and just those moments where he you know, broke through, broke through a line, and took a couple of bounces. It was just a massive game from JJ, and a game that just sends shoes down the spine thinking of it, and the roar of the crowd that day. Just you know, something that stays with me. What were your memories of that game, Jane?
0: Oh, it was brilliant, and yeah, it was a really good recap, mate. I I, I really didn't like uh, the start of that game. Obviously, I was <laughs> it was a shocker to sit there and. Uh, yeah, you know, I just thought I oh, was just having an off day and you know, goal after goal after goal went to North Way and as you said, they got out to sixty nine points and you just thought, you know, this is gonna be a hundred point loss. But um, you know, as you said, we'd only lost the two games for the whole year. So it was a real you know, conundrum for us and I loved the way we came back and I couldn't agree more. Uh Heard and Lloyd were very important in that game and you know Watching the highlights again, yeah, Blake Carousella so undervalued when he was at the Bombers. But um, those three were really important up forward. But, yeah, Jason Johnson was clearly the most important player. And the way he played, he was just so tough that um, I think a lot of the players got confidence from him. You know, he's kind of a player that you'd think would barge through a brick wall for us. And, um, yeah, that's got to be contagious. So, yeah, we, we had some great memories from uh two thousand and one obviously we didn't end up winning the flag, but um it was a classic game and one that you know will always be remembered as the greatest comeback of all time uh sixty nine points amazing take us through your game James yeah well I'm going back to round one of two thousand and twelve when the bombers were into the second year with James Hurd as head coach uh we lost the elimination final the year before against uh Carlton. But it was a promising start for Herdy. and we're taking on a North side who are playing, technically a home game, but it was at had so obviously that's our home game too. But on the books, it was their home on their home ground, and um, yeah, like they got forty-five thousand to the to the game, so that's a big game for North. Uh, unfortunately for them. 35,000 were residents of fans, but um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we, we got a fairly big crowd out there for them. Uh, North started the better and, in the first quarter, and they, they led by seven points at quarter time, and the second term was a scrappy affair. Malksham got a goal for the Bombers, but then the Roos started to take control and got out to a 16-point lead about halfway through the quarter. The Bombers kicked into gear and kicked five goals to one to finish the quarter, after two goals to Nathan Lovett-Murray, goals to Hurley, Stanton and McVay, got the Bombers in front and we took a nine-point lead into half-time. The third quarter started well for North. After two quick goals, they regained the lead. Then the Bombers dominated the rest of the third quarter and they took a very nice 22-point lead into the final break. Job Watson was killing North out of the guts and he was a big reason why the Bombers had got the lead back. The final quarter started with a real scrap, and after a, after Jake Melksham's second goal, the Dons led by 25 points, and you hoped we would pull away and have a nice win. Little did we know that Melksham would kick our last goal, and that was it. So the quarter still had 20 minutes of play to go, and the Roos looked like they were going to overrun us as they peppered the goals. And they just kept uh, peppering the goals, and they got four goals to bring the lead back to only three points. And there was still about three or four minutes on the clock. It was one way traffic as the ball continued to be kicked north's way. Andrew Edwards, who'd kicked the last two, or to kick two of the last three goals, was on Fletcher, and the ball was coming down to a one on one contest between Fletch and Edwards again. Fletcher lunged to get a punch in. Uh and he went to ground doing so. And Edwards looked like he was gonna stroll into an open goal to put North in front. But Fletcher, quick as a cat, jumped up and lunged again, and this time forced through a behind when it looked like Edwards was gonna just kick a goal that was gonna put them in front. So Fletcher, as we all know, we called him Inspector Gadget, but um that was just another example of that. Uh, the Dons worked hard to get the ball up to about, well, half forward flank. but Before we knew it, North regained the ball and started to head forward again. And again, they looked for Edwards. Enter Dustin Fletcher. He took a huge mark, knowing Edwards was about to crash into him. And Fletcher took it clean and soaked up a few seconds after, uh, I'm sure, he would have copped A bit of a corky and even a bit of winding from that contest. And it looked like we just had to play keepings off and would win the game. But after an indiscriminate kick from Crammery, the ball was turned over and again North lunged forward. With only seconds left, they kicked the ball to about 50 metres out where resting Resting ruckman Hamish McIntosh took a double uh, grab mark as time expired, it was a nerve wracking moment for Bomber fans as we waited for the big man to take his kick. Momentum was against us, but he still had to kick the goal to give them victory. The kick never looked likely and it was such a huge relief to win that game. And mate, would you believe the Bombers won eight of their first nine games that year and only lost Anzac Day by one point to stop them from having a perfect win record?
2: Forward, he might go for it himself, long, Edwards! Not quite, still my pounce, get a foot on it, they're in front. He can't drag through behind. Oh. That, that's Fletcher. great effort, but that's where Pairs should have been. Pears got caught up on the wing Well, the a loose player. Him. McMahon thumps it away, here they go again, Campbell, the fresh legs. He goes long and strong, Edwards, and up goes Dustin Fletcher. 20 years in the game, and he stood his ground. Terrorist strength he's been for the Bombers over those 20 seasons. Only one player. Drew Petrie. he Park is a statue. In we go. Edwards is the man. Up they go off hands. The Bombers muck it up. It hits the ground. Adams has been fantastic. Tries to crash through. Dropping the ball, says the umpire. Bombers have got it with 56 on the clock. They really just got to try and chip it round now. Pair's got to hold it. Go back to Fletcher, What's spread Petri? them out. They've got to spread them out now. Well, he, he, he could take on Drew Petri Yeah. and just run away from him. 40 seconds left. primary made the space. We yeah. go back to Fletcher. Whoever's on Petrie, just move 10 metres away yeah. from him and you can get the easy chip. Essendon by three points. We're down to 30 seconds. Paddy Ryder cuts, going Thompson cuts it off again. One last roll of the dice, North Mervyn. Anthony. McIntosh is forward, big target. And McIntosh will go up here. Can he get hands on it? One, two, will they pay it? You bet they will. will oh they my god. It? That was a terrible kick. Who was it to kick it out? He'll have the last Grammarie. kick of the game to win the game. One second. <laughs> There's the siren. And 46,000 people here at Eddie Hat Stadium are on their edge of their seats. This is the climax that they've been waiting f- for. Don't give 50. It comes down to this a goal and North Melbourne win. Across the face and the bombers prevail. You've got to love this game.
0: I tell you what, they got out of jail.
2: That was a terrible kick by Cranley. It was just too much. of the well done,
0: well, You're
2: right. What an unbelievable game of football.
0: But amazingly, again, the Bombers would miss the eight and would become the only the second team in history to miss the finals after an impressive start of eight and one. With the other team being Melbourne back in 1971. Yeah, no, that was a that was an absolute cracker of a game, Jamin. I just remember, like, Pig Hibbard
1: was huge in that game. He just threw himself at everything. Um, blokes like Benny Howlett just tackling all game. As he said, Joe Watson, well, what an absolute gun in the midfield there. And even Stanton had a couple of really good runs there. Like that goal he uh, kicked where he ran right down the wing, took a few bounces, kicked it forward and then got it back and then kicked the goal uh, on the in the pocket there. Just brilliant. Just, yes. Like, and even uh, Nathan Lovett Murray. Like, I love Nat Rat. He just, he he could do anything. Uh, the ultimate utility player. And he, you know, one of those goals he kicked where he took the mark and played on in front of the bloke and kicked that goal. It's just brilliant. It's a real shame they didn't go on that year and, uh, you yeah, know, make more of it because... As you said, like that first half of the year, we were up and about looking amazing. And uh, yeah, oh, what what would have been, but that was an absolute cracking game. And yeah, with go-go gadget arms, Fletcher down back, just playing goalie. Just an absolute rock down there. And yeah, a a real ripper to remember that game. And yeah, good recount by yourself, mate.
0: Yeah, well... Jabe Watson collected the three Brownlow votes that day and we all know he went on to win the Brownlow medal before the AFL stripped him of it. But the Bomber fans out there, we all know he's the true Brownlow medalist. And 2012 was a horror horror year for us when you think back. It was the beginning of the saga. but It was a year that at least started Pomerasing.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, like I said, when we do these remember whens, Usually we remember games that you know where we we just get yeah you know, just get the win or something like that. And this was the off- opposite. We kind of held on in that game, and it wasn't pretty, but it was just one of those ones that propelled our year to a really promising start. And as I said, we we couldn't go on with it. But um, yeah, to think now you'd take an eight and one start, would you, mate?
1: Bloody oath, I would. And uh, let's hope
0: we start that with number four against the Ruse. Yeah, that'd be great. Yep, four and one, we're halfway there. <laughs> all right, well, after the break, we'll do our bombing predictions. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. <music> You're all listening to Don's Cast, and as we finish the episode, we always do our predictions. So first goal, mate, who are you going?
1: First goal, you know, I'm, I might even go with a Jaden Laverde. I think, you know, he was throwing himself at everything against Collingwood, and I'm hoping he, he clunks one, because he, he can be a, quite a good kick for goal, and if he can get his confidence going early, that'll be really big for him, as as well as us as the Bombers, to get a good start on the ruse. How about yourself, mate? Who
0: have you got? Yeah, well, again, we've talked about a forward line a bit this episode, so... Um. Yeah, I'm going the other big guy. I'm going Sean McKernan. I hope he can mark the ball, you know, just outside fifty and bang one home. So, yeah, Sean McKernan's my tip for the goal. Beautiful. So, who have you got for most possessions, mate? Well, it's hard to go against Dylan Shield at the moment, the way he's playing. But I am going to go against him, <laughs> and I think uh, Zach Merritt might be the one. He's probably itching to get back out there after missing last week. Uh, I think uh, Zach Merritt's going to be tracking the ball very closely.
1: Yeah, well, that's probably not a bad call and as we sort of mentioned earlier, if you let one off the leash, you know, the other one... Well, if you clamp down on one, one of them's going to get off the leash and so someone's going to have a, have a day of it, but oh, I I can't see past uh, Dylan Shield. I think especially with Ben Cunnington being out for the ruse, I don't think they've got anyone that might go head-to-head with, with Shield. like Sean Higgins likes to play his own game. So
0: yeah I'll I'll back in shield for mine and of course the last one which we always ask and it's frankly the most important who wins and by how much yeah
1: I'm going to back the bombers in but I think you know the ruse always save something in the tank for us so I think it might only be by you know within a couple of kicks so maybe 10 points or so they'll make it tight for us Uh, of course I'd love to see us win by 10 goals but I just get the feeling that Yeah, a couple of kicks might be all that's in it. How about yourself, mate?
0: Yeah, well, I'm feeling a little bit more confident than that. I'm happy with our side despite uh, the forward rotations that we've got down there in key forwards. But, um, yeah, I think we'll win by five goals and have a a relatively comfortable win. So uh, that's what I'd like to see and that's what I'm tipping. Yeah, I'll be happy with that. Yeah, so, uh, again, thanks for listening and... Yeah, we're really uh, happy with our uh, listening. You know how many people listened in last uh, episode, so hopefully we can keep you on and you don't get sick of us early. <laughs> Obviously, there's some great podcasts out there, and again, I'm the first to admit I listen to the lunchtime catch up and uh, and a sash each week. So uh, that hasn't changed, even though I'm doing one of my own. Um, after all, you get sick of your own voice, and I just <laughs> hope the listeners don't. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's it. No, and they've been doing some Ripper episodes lately. I've, I've really enjoyed the Lunchtime Catch-Up. They're doing uh, their free Patreon podcasts where they've opened up the, the content that's normally only available to Patreon members so we can all get a taste of it and have a listen. I've, I've really enjoyed the work from, from Scooter and Grant. Uh, there's been some really good content on there. As for the Sash, yeah, the, always a good laugh listening to those guys. And um, yeah, I think they... uh. Yeah, I'm looking forward to to many more episodes from them boys to come.
0: Yeah, well, all Bomber fans, let's get behind the team and let's hope we have our fourth win on Saturday night. And until then, let's say Go Bombers!
1: Go Dons!